Welcome to Zichu Dav Siman Memory of Ram Goldhar, and today we're in Sechus Psachim Dav Tzarivav, the ninth parak Mishahaya. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the next Mishnah states, "Mab ben Pesach Mitzrayim or Pesach Doros." How does the Pesach offering in Mitzrayim differ from the Pesach that we brought throughout the generations? Pesach Mitzrayim Mikhum Basor. The Pesach offering in Mitzrayim was taken on the tenth, the Tan Hazav Agudas Ezov, and required sprinkling of its blood with a bundle of hyssop, and it was upon the lintel and upon the two doorposts, and was eaten in haste, during one night, whereas the Pesach for generations observed all seven days. The Gemara asked for the source that the Pesach Mitzrayim has to be designated on the 10th of Nisan, while the Pesach for generations does not. And the Pesach states, Speak to the children of Yisrael, saying, On the 10th of this month, they shall take each man a kid. From the word ze, this, we derive ze mikhu mibasor, vein pesach doros mikhu baasor. Its taking must be on the tenth, but the pesach of generations need not be taken on the tenth. The Gemara brings several unsuccessful challenges to this drasha. Point number two, the Gemara brings the drushas that exclude an aro and ben nechar and an apostate from bringing a pesach, and subsequently asks why it was necessary for the Torah to write a prohibition for each one. The Gemara answers that if the Torah had only written an oral, I might have thought Mishum Demais, because he's physically repugnant. But an apostate is not physically repugnant, and therefore not excluded. And if the Torah had only written the prohibition of Ben Nechar, I might have thought Mishum De'en Libo Shamayim, because his heart is not directed towards Shamayim. But an oral, whose heart is directed towards Shamayim, I'd say is not disqualified. Therefore it was necessary to write them both. And point number three, the next Mishnah states that Rabbi Yeshua had heard from his teachers that a tamura of a Pesach is offered as a shlamin, and had also heard from his teachers that it is not offered as a shlamin, but he couldn't explain in which case each ruling applied. Rabbi Kiva said that the teachers were referring to the following case. An animal designated as a Pesach was lost before the Chag, at which point a second animal was designated as its replacement. Now, the original animal was subsequently found, and the halachi depends upon when the animal was found. If the original Pesach was found before the Shechita of the replacement, the original one is left to graze until it develops a blemish, is sold, and a Shlamim is bought with its proceeds. The Kent so, and the same applies to its Tamura. Rush explains that this means that if the owner took a third animal after finding the original Pesach before the Shechita of the replacement and designated it to be the original Pesach's Tamura, the Tamura acquires the same status as the original. It's not offered as a shlamim, but rather its proceeds are used to purchase shlamim. Acher shechita is a pesach, carve shlamim vechentimurso. If the original pesach is found after the shechita of the replacement pesach, it's offered as a shlamim, and so is the rule with its tamura. So once again, the three points are number one. The next Mishnah states, Mabem pesach mitzrayim or pesach doros. How does a pesach offering mitzrayim differ from the pesach that will be brought throughout the generations? Pesach mitzrayim mikhum asor. The pesach offering mitzrayim was taken on the 10th. The Tan Hazob Agudas Ezov and required sprinkling of its blood with a bundle of Hisav, Vahamashkov, Vahashdeha Mezuzos, and it was upon the lentil and upon the two doposts, Venechol Bechipazon, and was eaten in haste, Belaila Echod during one night. The Pesach Doros, Noah Koshiva, whereas the Pesach for generations is observed all seven days. Now the Gemara asked for the source that the Pesach Mitzvah had to be designated on the 10th of Nisan, while the Pesach for generations does not, and brings the Pesach, Dabro Kodas Yisraelimor, Basor Chodesh Hazeh, Speak to the congregation of Yisrael, saying, On the tenth of this month, they shall take each man a kid. From the word ze, this, we derive ze mikhu mibasor. Then Pesach doros mikhu mibasor. Its taking must be on the tenth, but the Pesach of generations need not be taken on the tenth. The Gemara brings several unsuccessful challenges to this drasha. Point number two, the Gemara brings the drushas that exclude an aro and a ben nechar, an apostate, from bringing a Pesach, and subsequently asks why it was necessary for the Torah to write a prohibition 
for each one. The Gemara answers that if the Torah had only written on Aro, I might have thought Mishum Demais, because he's physically repugnant. But an apostate is not physically repugnant, and therefore not excluded. If the Torah had only written the prohibition of a Ben-Nechar, I might have thought that Mishum De'in Libo was Shemaim, because his heart is not directed towards Shemaim. But Naro, whose heart is directed towards Shemaim, I would say is not disqualified. Therefore, it was necessary to write them both. And point number three, the next Mishnah states, Rabbi Yeshua had heard from his teachers that a Temur of a Pesach was offered as a Shlom, and had also heard from his teachers that it is not offered as a Shlom, but he could not explain in which case each ruling applied. Rabbi Kiva said that the teachers were referring to the following case. An animal designated as a Pesach was lost before the Chag, at which point a second animal was designated as its replacement. The original animal was subsequently found, and the lach depends upon when the animal was found. If the original Pesach was found before the Shkita of the replacement, the original one is left to graze until it develops a blemish, is sold, and a shlamim is bought with its proceeds. And the same applies to its Tamur. Rashi explains that this means that if the owner took a third animal after finding the original Pesach, before the Shechita of the replacement and designated it to be the original Pesach's Tamura, the Tamura acquires the same status as the original. It's not offered as a Shlamim, but rather its proceeds are used to purchase a Shlamim. Acher Shechita is a Pesach, Karav Shlamim, the Kentimura. So if the original is found after the Shechita of the replacement Pesach, it's offered as a Shlamim, and so is the rule with its Tamura. All right, so now we go to our Sim for Daf Tzadivav, and this Simon comes to us by way of Sean Fried from Woodmere, New York, who suggested Sav is a town crier announcing the Tzivuim, the proclamations of the king. So a town crier, so here goes. As the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach in Mitzrayim, and the Oral and Ben Nechar, who were not permitted to participate, observed the guy who had found his last Pesach now standing in front of three lambs and looking really confused. Once again, it's emotion. As the town crier, town crier, that must be more duff, Tzadivav. As the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach of Mitzrayim, which reminds us, the next Mishnah stated, Ma'ben Pesach Mitzrayim of Pesach Toros. How does the Pesach offering Mitzrayim differ from the Pesach that we brought throughout the generations? So Pesach Mitzrayim was taken on the tenth. It required sprinkling its blood with a bundle of hyssop. It was upon the lintel and upon the two doorposts, and it was eaten bechipazon in haste during one night. And Pesach Toros no koshiva, whereas the Pesach for generations is observed all seven days. The Gemara then provides the source that the Pesach Mitzrayim has to be designated on the tenth of Nisan, while the Pesach for generations does not. So as the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach in Mitzrayim, and Arl and Ben Necher, who were not permitted to participate, which reminds us, the Gemara brings the drushes that exclude an Arl and Ben Necher, an apostate, from bringing a Pesach, and subsequently asks why it was necessary for the Torah to write a prohibition for each one. The Gemara answers that if the Torah had only written Arl, I might have thought Mishim Demais, because he's physically repugnant. But an apostate is not physically repugnant, and therefore not excluded. And if the Torah had only written the prohibition for Ben Necher, I might have thought Mishim De'en Libo Shemaim because his heart is not directed towards Shemaim. But an Arl, whose heart is directed towards Shemaim, I would say is not disqualified. Therefore, it was necessary to write them both. So as the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach of Mitzrayim, and Oral and Ben-Nechar, who were not permitted to participate, observed the guy who had found his last Pesach now standing in front of three lambs and looking really confused. Which reminds us, the next Mishnah states, the Rabbi Yeshua had heard from his teachers that a Tamur of a Pesach is offered as a Shlamim, and had also heard from his teachers that it is not offered as a Shlamim, but he couldn't explain in which case each ruling applied. 
Rabbi Akiva said the teachers were referring to the following case. An animal designated as a pest was lost before the Chag, at which point a second animal was designated as its replacement. The original animal was subsequently found, and the halakha depends on when the animal is found, whether it's before the Shechita of the replacement or after. And then in each case, the owner took a third animal after finding the original Pesach and designated it to be the original Pesach's Tamura, in which case the Tamura acquires the same status as the original. So once again, as the town crier joyfully announced how this Pesach was to be observed differently than the Pesach in Mitzrayim, and the Oral and Ben Nechor, who were not permitted to participate, observed the guy who had found his last Pesach now standing in front of three lambs and looking really confused. All right, now it's time for a four-block back Chazara. Gav Sadi Beis, the symbol of Sadi Beis, it's eight sub, a turtle. So here goes. The Onin, who was going to eat his Pesach after toveling in the mikvah full of turtles, turtles, that must be one duff, Tzadi Beis, Tzav. The Onin, who was going to eat his Pesach after toveling in the mikvah full of turtles, which reminds us, the next mission at the bottom of Daf Tzadi Alpha and Beis states that an Onin immerses and eats his Pesach after knife on the day of the death of his close relative, but may not partake of other kachman that night. And the Gemara asks what the reason is for permitting to eat the Pesach, but no other kachman. The answer is, Kasabra Aninas the Rabbanin. It's because our Mishnah holds that the state of Aninus on the night following the death is only the Rabban. So in the case of the Pesach, the Rabban did not establish the Gezera in the face of a mitzvah, which carries with it a penalty of Karas. But in the case of other Kachim, where eating them is only a mitzvah zase, they did establish their Gezera. So the Onain, who was going to eat his Pesach after toveling in the mikvah full of turtles, felt bad that the Ger who converted hours earlier couldn't join him. Which reminds the Mishnah states that a Ger is Pesach, a Ger converted on Pesach, Beishamai say that he may immerse and eat his Pesach that night. And Beishila says a portion of Orla can portion a Kevra, one who separates from his Orla is as one who separates from the grave. Rashi explains that he must go through the purification process of waiting seven days and having Hazad done on the third and seventh day. Rabbi Burakhan said in the Rabbi Yochan that the Nochuks was only regarded to an Orla Nachri who converted the Arab Pesach. Beishila hold, they enacted this decree, lest in the coming year he becomes Tommy from a mace and I'll say to himself, did I not immerse last year on Arab Pesach and the eat of the Pesach despite being exposed to the tomb of a mace? Now too, I'll immerse by day and eat the Pesach by night despite being a Tommy mace. And I'll not realize that in the previous year he wasn't subject to Tumas a mace because he was a Nachri. Beishami say they did not enact this decree. They do agree that an Yisrael that had meal Arab Pesach immerses and eats the Pesach at night. So the Onin, who was going to eat his Pesach after toveling in the mikvah full of turtles, felt bad that the Geru converted hours earlier couldn't join him, and didn't know if his doing Shechita and Zrika for his friend stuck on a distant road would exempt his friend from a Pesach Sheni. Which reminds us, the Gemara brings a Malchokas and Marayim in a case where one was on a distant road too far to arrive in time to shech the Pesach himself, and others shechted it and did Zrika Zadam on his behalf. Rav Nachman says, Hurtza, acceptance of the Pesach is effective, and he's putzed from bringing a Pesach Sheni, and Rav Shesha says, Lo Hurtza, acceptance is not effective, and he must bring a Pesach Sheni. The Gemara explains that according to Rav Nachman, who holds Hurtza, acceptance is effective, because the Torah simply took pity on him for not being able to reach Yerushalayim in time, and offered him a second chance, but if he did manage to participate in the first Pesach, by having someone shechted for him, let him be blessed. Rav Shesha holds Lo Hurtza, acceptance is not effective, holds that the Torah barred him from the first Pesach, just as it barred a Tameh from the Pesach. The Gemara continues with each and more, bringing support for his position. Dav Gimel. So the symbol of Dav Gimel is a train chugging along. So here goes. The Pesach Shani train. Train? That must be more Dav Gimel. The Pesach Shani train full of passengers eager to fulfill their chiyuv and not be chayv kares, which reminds us of the three way Malchokas regarding the relationship between Pesach Rishon and Pesach Shani. Rebbe holds one is chayv kares for deliberately failing to bring a Pesach Rishon and is similarly chayv for not bringing the Pesach Shani. Rebbe Nassim holds one is only chayv for deliberately failing to bring a Pesach Rishon and Rebbe Chananya ben Kabya holds one is not chayv kares even for the first Pesach unless he deliberately did not offer the Pesach Shani either.
So the Pesach Sheni train full of passengers, eager to fulfill their chiyuv and not be chayv kares, started singing Mazel Tov to the newly converted Ger and Bar Mitzvah boy. Which reminds us, the Gemara elaborates on the Melchokas between Rebbe and Rebbe Nassim with the case of a Ger that converts between the two Pesachs and the boy, who became a Bar Mitzvah between them. Rebbe holds their chayv to bring a Pesach Sheni because Sheni regal bifnei atzmahu. Pesach Sheni is an independent regal, whereas Rebbe Nassim holds they're not chayv since the Sheni is a Tashlumi of the Rishon. So the Pesach Sheni train full of passengers eager to fulfill their chiyuv and not be chayv kares, started singing Mazel Tov to the newly converted Ger and Bar Mitzvah boy, who boarded the train at Modi'in. Which reminds us that the next Mishnah states, What's the measure of a a distant road, meaning how far need one be from the base of Migdash to be deferred to Besach Sheni? So Rabbi Kiva says, from the town of Modin and beyond, or a similar distance in any direction, Rabbi Gezer says, from the threshold of the Azara and beyond. Now, Ula and Rabbi Yehuda disagree as to how far Modin is from Yushalayim. Ula said, what's the definition of a distant road? Wherever he's so far that if he set out at noon, he'll not be able to arrive during the Shechita, meaning they'll not arrive before nightfall. Rabbi Yudah said the definition is wherever he is so far that if he sets out at noon, he'll not even be able to arrive during the time of eating the Pesach, which is much later. This would mean Modin is further away, according to Rabbi Yehuda. So the symbol of Dala is a hunter, Tzad. So here goes. The hunter, hunter, that must mean we're on Dav The hunter stuck on the road of Pesach with his hunting gear and family, loaded up on wagons, which reminds us that Abraisus said that the determining factor regarding being chayv is if one is on a distant road. If one was beyond Modi'in but he could race to get to the Yazar, he would be punched because he was on a distant road. If he was within the perimeter defined by Modi'in but could not get there because he was slowed down due to his wagon loaded up with his family, he would be chayv. He's not considered an onus since he should have gone on his own to Shecht. So the hunter stuck on the road Arab Pesach with his hunting gear and family loaded up on wagons had no idea who was standing on top of the massive pot covered to Gehenna. Which reminds us, Rav's calculation for the compass of the sun being 6,000 parts of Os was refuted by a Bryce that said Mitzrayim is 400 parts long by 400 parts wide and Mitzrayim is only 1 60th the size of Kush and Kush is only 1 60th the size of the world and the world is only 1 60th the size of Gan Eden and Gan Eden is only 1 60th the size of Aden and Aden is only 1 60th the size of Gehenim. It's thus found that the entire world in comparison to Gehenim is like a pot cover compared to a pot. If the world is 60 times larger than Mitzrayim and therefore far larger larger than 6,000 parzos, the compass of the sun must be even larger. So the hunter stuck on the road of Pesach with his hunting gear and family loaded up on wagons had no idea who was standing on top of the massive pot covered to Ganem, where a silly little emperor below was jumping up and down, claiming he would reach the heavens. Which reminds us, the bus calls a response to Nebuchadnezzar, who said he would ascend to above the clouds and like himself to the Most High, was that he was a fool, given the 500-year distance to the first Rekia, the 500-year distance to go through the Rekia, and the subsequent journeys through all seven Rekias and the areas in between. Daf Sadihei, so the summer Daf Sadihei is a Tzahal tank commander. So here goes. That tank was messed with Chametz as the commander. Tank, commander, that must be more Daf Sadihei. The tank was messing with the chametz as the commander and his crew ate their Pesach Sheni, sitting in silence, which reminds us the next mission teaches that the Pesach Sheni differs from the Pesach Rishon, in that a person may have chametz in his home, and that halal is not required at the time that it's being eaten. The Gemara brings a price that gives us sources for how we know that the Pesach Sheni only has mitzvahs that are intrinsic to it, or at least peripheral to it, such as eating matzah and maror with it. So the tank was messing with the chametz as the commander and his crew ate their Pesach Sheni, sitting in silence, and not singing halal, which reminds us the mission state that the first Pesach requires halal to be recited with it as it's being eaten. The Gemara asked for the source of this, and Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Shimon ben Yehud the Pesach states, Hashir Yelechem Kalel Yiskadesh Chag. 
The song shall be for you like the night of the festival's consecration. This implies that only a night that is consecrated as a Chag, such as the night when the first Pesach is eaten, requires Hala. The Mishnah said that Hala is recited as well when the Pesach Sheni is offered, and the Gemara provides two reasons. The first is that the Pesach only excluded a night that is not consecrated as a Chag, but didn't exclude a day that is not consecrated as a Chag. And the second is brought in a Bryce that Efshe Yisrael Shochni Aspischem Benotin Aspischem Benotin Halal. Is it possible that Yisrael would check their Pesachs or take hold of their Lulavim and not recite Halal? So the tank was messy with the Chametz as the commander and his crew ate their Pesach Sheni, sitting in silence and not singing Halal, as one of their tummy crew members looked on, looking hungry. Which reminds the more broader Bryce where there's a Malkokos Tanakama review to whether Pesach Sheni is also Dochotuma. The Tanakama holds that it is not Dochotuma based on the reasoning I deferred into Pesach Sheni because of Tuma. So shall he now offer the Pesach Sheni itself in a state of Tuma? Whereas Rabbi Yudah reasons, the Torah sought to have him offer it in a state of Tahara, and therefore had him deferred. But since he wasn't Zohar to do so, let him at least offer it in a state of Tuma. Now it's time to conclude their pop quiz of 10 questions plus. Three bonus questions from Masechus Baruch Shabbos and Erevin. Number one, which stuff do you want that the entire world in comparison to Gehenim is like a pot cover compared to a pot? That's on Duff. Good number two. Which stuff do you want to come from Yehuda whether Pesach Sheni is Docha Tuma or not? That's on Duff. Good number three. Which stuff do you want to have Rabbi Akiva clarified from Yeshua the two cases of the tumors of Pesach? That's on Duff. Good number four. Which stuff do you want to have is only sung on the night of Pesach Rishon when the carbon is eaten and on Pesach Rishon and Pesach Sheni when the carbon is brought? That's on Duff. Good number five. Which daft do we have a machok? Because Rabbi Kiva and Rabbi Glezer, whether Derek or Choka is from beyond Modi'in or from outside the Azora. That's on daf. Good number six. Which daft did we learn that there is one that holds that the machok between the Tanakama and Rebbe regarding monies from the Pesach is whether one can buy matzah and maror with it? That's on daf. Good number seven. Which daft did we learn one can have chametz around when bringing the Pesach Shani? That's on daf. Good number eight. Which stuff do we learn the differences between Pesach Mitzrayim and Pesach Doros? That's on Duff. Good number nine. Which stuff do we have in Malkokas, Rav Nachman, Rav Sheshaz, whether Shkita and Zvika done on behalf of someone stuck on a distant road will exempt them from a Pesach Sheni? That's on Duff. Good. Number ten. Which stuff do we learn why the Torah wrote the prohibition for participating in the Pesach for both the Aral and the Ben Nechar? That's on Duff. Good, now the three bonus questions. Number one, which stuff do you learn that rain does not acquire makmushvisa in the clouds? That's on Duff. Memhe and Erevin. Good, number two, which stuff do you learn about Elisha Balkanafayim? That's on Duff. Memtes and Shabbos. Good, and number three, which stuff do you learn that Kush Baruch resides in the Dalat Amos of Halacha? That's on Duff. Ches and Brachas. Excellent, all right, that concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Avram Golden Zichur wishing you a great day and great learning.